Welcome to Fertility Awareness Project. I'm your host, Nat Dode. Let's start by doing a cycle check-in. So what day of your cycle are you on today, Astrid, and how are you feeling? I am day two, and right now I'm feeling quite sort of calm and mellow, but um, for about half the day, I, I definitely felt it sort of like a heavy flow and cramping and just my entire body feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm on my period. Yeah. So that's, that's, but I think for me also a benefit is that at least one of the days of my periods tends to be a day when my mind is really calm and I really appreciate that. seems to be today. So today is the day you're feeling like you have this like calm peace while yeah. you're st- while you're still bleeding heavily and you feel that heavy flow. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thank you for being here on your day two. I'm excited to see what wisdom comes through. And I'm really honored that you took the time to sit down and chat with me. I am really excited to talk with you. And I'm really excited to see where this conversation takes us. I think the best thing to start with besides the cycle check-in is if you would just introduce yourself to the folks who don't know you yeah definitely i'm really really happy to be here and to and to chat with you too so i'm a small business mentor and i help other small business owners to create a slow gentle and profitable business and i do that primarily through one-to-one coaching and also through my newsletter um, where I really like to sort of share like strategies and tips and the occasional free resource. Mm, Amazing. I love that slow, gentle and profitable. That just sounds so calming and appealing. And I just kind of breathe a sigh of relief when I hear you say that. What kind of got you, what got you doing the work that you're doing now with small businesses and focusing on business boundaries and having this like really sustainable approach to business? Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's, it's really been a journey as well because my business is now a little over three years old. And when I started, I find it really hard to like to get a precise focus. I think many people have that when they start. And one of the things that I definitely wanted to do is work with small business owners. That was like I had this sort of vision cycling into town one day and this woman came in my direction and I didn't really know her. She was just cycling in my direction. And I thought it was like the middle of the day and I suddenly imagined that she had like her own business and might be on her way to yoga and whatever. And this idea of wanting to work with small business owners just popped into my head. But initially, I was much more time management focused because that's something that people told me, oh, you're really good at that. And I don't really struggle with procrastination. I don't really dare to say that out loud, actually. But um, mm-hmm. so time management, that kind of that was initially my take until I started doing workshops pre-pandemic, like in person. And I think also through learning fam and cycle tracking I realized that time management wasn't my thing anymore and my business really developed in tandem with my own development of thinking wait a minute 
the reason I want this business is because I want more space. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to move from one to-do list item to the next. And I think it, it kind of really organically grew. And this idea of slow, gentle and profitable really percolated over over the fall where I now feel like I've got it like it's stuff I've been working on for the past year and if I look at my newsletters and my blog posts that's it's all in this direction and I now feel like I have this phrase that I feel really good with yeah Yeah, it sounds like you really moved from kind of productivity and time management and you took that concept and really shaped it and molded it into something that looks quite different but in a lot of ways is is still has those roots in like how we spend our time and what we want our lives to look like and I I resonate with that so much because I think the reason that I also started my own business was to have my own schedule and flexibility so that I could live in line with my cycle and it's not about working myself to the ground it's about really honoring my own rhythm and doing so sustainably and I think it can be so, I know that you talk a lot about social media boundaries and, and like, how do we live in this technological age and still work slowly and sustainably? I think that that's something that for me, it can be really easy to be swept up in all of the things and feel really not pressured, but almost like I'm going to be falling behind if I don't, you know, start a TikTok and post consistently on Instagram all the time and like you know have the schedule where I'm where I'm so strictly abiding to it and in a lot of ways just creating more tension and losing a lot of that freedom and flexibility that I wanted in the beginning so I think it can be so easy to slip into and forget why we've decided to start our own businesses and work for ourselves because we can have all these different distractions around us. And so I really, I, I really find this topic fascinating because it's something that personally I've been really, really focused on is, is having those boundaries and, and really remembering why I started in the first place. So I love that you shared that. And I also want to hear more about how fertility awareness and cyclic awareness go hand in hand with having this slow, gentle and profitable approach. Yeah. So for me, definitely it's been, I was thinking about this sort of before our podcast, just also thinking about when I started cycle tracking, which was in the spring of 2019. And I I don't remember how I got into it, but it was such an eye opener and also I mean up until that point I was in my mid-30s and didn't really know what was happening every month I mean I knew that I had a period and I knew that there was a thing called ovulation but I had no idea just the huge influence of hormones and stuff and learning about that was also such um, like a permission slip for me to start thinking differently about productivity Mm. Um, and I remember talking to a friend saying like I have this I had this idea like you know oh I'm on my period so you know it's just an inconvenience but I'll just be the productive like worker robot that I always am Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember her saying well but you're bleeding Mm. (laughs) and that sort of this idea that our energy comes and goes and that 
we have these cycles and our menstrual cycle and all of that really shifted my own expectations I think mm. and mm -hmm. I think that was definitely the start of what is now my my business and this focus on slow gentle and and profitable because we're not explicitly taught most of us that we can listen to our own body right we are taught to be somewhere at our desks at nine o'clock and work until five and we're taught to check the to-do lists and to be you know productive and to all of that right we're that that's what we're taught at school and we're taught at like regular jobs and I think learning about cycle tracking and, and fertility awareness really shifted that for me this idea like oh wait I have a body that has needs and it's a mm. good freeing thing for me to 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 listen to that yeah I have a body and it has needs I think that is just like so simple but also so profound in the power of really tracking our cycles and tuning into how our being changes from day to day because it is true that it's this countercultural thing that we have to unlearn and that when we just if just because we're not working in like a conventional job doesn't mean we're not going to carry some of those beliefs because we've been surrounded by them our whole lives so i really i really love that and yeah, that's just like, yeah, so profound. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I know that charting has been a journey for you in what sounds like both your focus for your business, but also your focus in how you approach your mental health. Is that something that you'd be comfortable sharing a little bit about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's been a journey in two ways. I think on the one hand, when I started cycle tracking, I thought, okay, so now I'll be able to predict exactly how I feel at every day mm. of my cycle. And that, I mean, that very much fits in with this idea of productivity, but also my tendencies to want to control everything. So I would have like two cycles. Yeah, I, where can, day I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So I would have like two cycles where day four was really rough. And then I'd be like, okay, day four is rough. Day four is rough. Yeah. And then a new cycle would come around and day four would be fine. And then day six would be rough, whatever. Um, so that is definitely, I think it took me at least a year, if not longer, to kind of let that go a little bit. To think about it's not predicting, right? But it's mm. charting and it's, it's, it's paying attention to and... and and the reason that I ended up learning about fertility awareness and, and taking your cycle of course in the summer of 2020 was that once I learned about ovulation, I realized that I had this dip in the middle of my cycle. And I read all of these books saying, oh, around ovulation, you'll feel amazing and you'll be superwoman. And I felt really, really crappy. I felt lots of anxiety. I have a, a, a history of depression and it also very much runs in my family. And I would get these days when I would just have like isolated days of, of really full on depressive symptoms in the middle of my cycle. And I just thought, what is this? <laughs> and 
why is this happening well I'm supposed to feel like superwoman but it made me want to learn more about sort of my patterns and also just to really learn more about when exactly I was ovulating and learning about FAM is really has really helped me in that sense that I can look at my chart and think yeah this is this is where I'm at and and this explains it a bit and it's been I, I mean I don't think I can prevent depression from happening which explains that I had another bout of depression just a couple of months ago but I have learned to be more aware and kinder and more gentle um, mm. with myself and just to feel my body. I think for so long I wasn't aware of it and my body has really been almost like an access point to my emotions and my feelings and my needs in that sense. Yeah, so that's that, that has helped, yeah. Hmm. Oh, I just absolutely love that. I love that charting kind of uncovered unexpected things for you in a way and that it continues to be a really beautiful tool to offer yourself compassion and gentleness and in times that might be really challenging. As you were talking, I was really curious to hear what your favorite part of the cycle is for you, Astrid. It tends to be definitely the second the second part so post ovulation i feel yeah. much calmer sort of the the first half right like after after my period i tend to get really busy in my head right so i have all these thoughts and like songs in my head and then once ovulation's out of the way it's often like oh, i really feel myself sort of grounding in myself mm -hmm. so that is absolutely my favorite part yeah Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with feeling quite frazzled coming out of my bleed and almost verging on overwhelmed and anxious. And then after ovulation, feeling almost like a sigh of relief and feeling like I'm coming back down to the ground. And I know that you're not the only one who feels wobbly or not fantastic around ovulation. I think that's I think that's really the caveat with talking about the phases of the cycle is that, yeah, some people do feel fantastic around ovulation and they do find that there's this really classic pattern that they follow and for others they don't. And I don't think the point of learning about the phases of the cycle and learning about cycle tracking is to fit into any box. Like I think that we're doing it wrong if we feel like we have to feel a certain way during any given time in the cycle. I think it is more what you're talking about where we have compassion for ourselves and we're able to listen to what our body needs on any given day and give that to ourselves. And sometimes we can plan and predict and know and expect how we might feel. And other times, like when I'm in really long cycles, I have no pattern and I have no predictability and I really have to focus on how do I feel today and what do I need to give myself in order to meet my needs and, and feel okay and like what, can, what adjustments can I make and what can I ask for. And so I really love that. Yeah, I really love that attention to your own experience and reminding yourself that it's, it's totally normal and there's nothing wrong with you. And yeah, the point is not to fit into this perfect, perfect box at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How has, since you've started charting, how has 
your focus or like if you think back to when you started to now, what's changed for you with your relationship to your cycle, would you say? I would probably say everything. As I said, when I learned about tracking in, in 2019 and then started reading about it, and I think one of the first books I read was Period Power by Maisie Hill. And I oh, remember yeah. just thinking, wow, and why didn't I know this? <laughs> um, just about, you know, what happens in your body and also just how sort of amazing that everything just ticks along without me really doing much. Mm -hmm. um, so that has definitely changed. But I think it's also really established a relationship with my body. I have a background in academia um, and I got my PhD nearly 10 years ago. And I know that there was always this joke how academics use their body to transport their heads to meetings. Um, <laughs> and that was definitely the case for me. I mean, I never, I just, I never really thought about what, whether I felt like working or not, or whether I felt inspired to write or whatever. I was just there at a quarter to nine every day, even though no one else was there because it's academia and people don't show up until 10. So I was definitely sort of this productivity ninja. And I think learning about FAM really created a connection to my body and really gave me the curiosity and, and I think also just a framework to, to connect to my body. And I think it's, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And, and I, I can feel my body now. I can check in and know how I'm feeling. And it's, it might be like a ridiculous question or ridiculous thing that when someone asks you how are you feeling and you don't know how you're feeling but mm. for a long time I, I honestly didn't know because yeah. I didn't have that connection and I do now and I I also just enjoy my body more I mean not just with like sex but also I think about 14 months ago or so I discovered Pilates and I love it I now do Pilates and yoga a couple of times a week even got like special arm weights and if you told me that three or four years ago, it'd be like, who is that person and why is she exercising and enjoying it? <laughs> um, because I was just, you know, I've always sort of hated exercise. Uh, but now I just, I really just enjoy my body and, and also just feel good about it. And I don't really like thoughts about it not being okay or it being too much or, or whatever they've just largely disappeared, which I think is quite miraculous. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. I don't know if you listened to the interview that I did with Vita in season three of the podcast, but Vita is a Pilates instructor and a menstrual cycle coach. And she talked, it was fascinating hearing you talk about your connection to your body because Vita talked a lot about how our bodies are like this tool that we can use to facilitate this conversation that often we we don't have a back and forth between ourselves and our bodies that it's usually kind of this one-way street but through charting and starting to tune into our bodies we can start to have a conversation with our bodies and start to pay attention to what our bodies need and so as you were talking about that uh, it was really interesting that you mentioned Pilates because Vita is in the kind of the Pilates world and talks a lot about anatomy and and our and our physical bodies and how we can build that relationship and connection with with our emotions and the rest of our being. So I find that really fascinating. 
you're tired of waking up at the same time each morning to take your BBT, or you find it near impossible to get an accurate temp with kids, night shifts, or irregular sleep schedules, TempDrop was created with you in mind. TempDrop is a wearable basal body thermometer that takes your temp throughout the night and finds your most accurate temperature. I love TempDrop because it doesn't do the charting for you. You take your TempDrop temps and put them into an app, a charting app like Read Your Body, for example. For 12% off any TempDrop package, use the code NATD when you go to tempdrop.com. As you were talking, I was wondering if there were any examples that you have of, I don't know, I often get asked like how I work in line with my cycle. And I find that it's really hard to answer that question, particularly because I don't really have a regular cycle, but my work is really, it's, there's no set schedule. It's kind of all over the place. I'd say I don't have really days of the week where I do certain tasks or phases where I I schedule certain things, it's really kind of changes all the time. I was curious if you have a system or practices or a routine that you use to kind of align your schedule and your work with your energy levels and your cycle. Yeah, that's a really good question. And and I think for a long time, I was definitely looking for the schedule. And I have, I mean, I don't have like really long cycles like you do, but I do have, I mean, somewhat irregular. I mean, they're not always the same number of days. And I've noticed over the past like four months that there's a shift also that my temp shift tends to happen earlier. Mm-hmm. But what I do is I put the days in my, both in my digital calendar and in my paper calendar. And then I kind of, I, mean, I use read your body, which will tell you, okay, this is sort of the average day when your temp shift happens. So I'll put a couple of days before and a couple of days after that. I'll put in my calendar, just knowing that this is around ovulation and usually put a little note to myself to have like, very few meetings which is like one meeting a day or or just to have extra space so that I know I need extra space for myself and I do the same thing around the time when I think I'll be uh, on my period and I think that's been a great thing with fam is that I can predict it pretty much to the day once I once I've confirmed ovulation I know when my period is so I do that I next to my business I also teach part-time in higher education and it's usually not an option to to cancel a class I mean if I'm really unwell it is but it's a little harder there to just say oh well I'm not coming in today because I'm ovulating but what I'll do is I'll make sure that I have only the class and no other meetings Mm. I'll try to make things more comfortable for myself so that can be like just wearing clothes that I'm extra comfortable in or coming up with an assignment that will make sure that the students are doing more work than I am or most of the work. Um, <laughs> so just trying to to make my life a little bit easier. I try to do that. And yeah, and I think in some like personally, I also try to avoid big things or like things I'm not necessarily looking forward to, like big family birthdays that I'm 
of people that I'm not particularly attached to that I'll just say, well, I'm going to skip this one time because I know it's around ovulation or around my period. So I think I just try to be flexible with that. And it, it, yeah, it works quite, quite well. And another thing, because I know that some people feel like at certain phases of their cycle, they're definitely more like into writing or into speaking or whatever. Um, But I think what FAM and paying attention to my energy has taught me is, or it's given me like confidence that I can lean into what gives me energy and that I will feel energized about other things at another point um, mm. so that I can lean into feeling like doing more writing maybe this week and then I'll get back into marketing at another time. So not forcing myself to do something, but really to trust that energy and motivation coming and going. Mm. Yeah, there's so much good stuff in there. Like you're talking about kind of having a buffer for yourself at ovulation and also during your bleed and also just talking about the things that we can't the things that we don't have flexibility around we can approach in a different way like I talk about often when I'm doing workshops on menstrual cycle awareness how like even if we can give ourselves one percent of what we need sometimes we it's not possible to reschedule everything the week of our bleed or the week that we're feeling particularly vulnerable but how can we give ourselves one percent and I think what you shared was a really beautiful way to give ourselves grace and give ourselves compassion and kind of offer ourselves that comfort in in things that we're not able to reschedule or things that really are non-negotiable and I think that's just like when you've really reached, I think you've really reached this beautiful place of, of cyclic awareness where, you know, you have that flexibility to say, you know, I know this is, I know this is non-negotiable. I know that I have to do this or this is a responsibility I can't change, but what can, what can I do for myself and what adjustments can I make? So I think that is something also, I, I don't have kids and I know you don't have kids, but I know for parents, that's often something that's really challenging is like, you know, how do you parent when you're, when you're bleeding or like what adjustments or small adjustments can you make when you can't like fully step away or, or, you know, let go of that responsibility. So I really, I really appreciate that insight. What are, hmm, how do I want to say this? When you're working with folks who are small business owners, what are some of the shifts or changes that you encourage people to make to encourage more sustainability and gentleness in their businesses? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I think one of the things that I encourage them to do is to think about, you know, why did you start this business in the first place? And for for most of them, it's to have more flexibility, being able to take a daytime walk, being able to be done at three so you can spend the rest of your day with your kids needing to take care of kids or other family members or just flexibility is a big one and then looking at okay so how can we keep that in mind because I think indeed what we said what we talked about earlier right we have all of these dreams and ideals when we start our business and then we have these sort of ingrained nine to five patterns and that often creates a lot of pressure. So that's one thing I encourage people to do. And also to think about all of the shoulds. So all of the Mm. things that we are 
told or that we believe that we need to do. And I think a lot of business advice is really well meant, right? When we, and that, that goes for me too, right? I share the things that work for me, right? Um, from my experience and from the things that resonate with me. But it can be really hard amongst all the noise to figure out what works out for you, right? If you take a course or read a book that tells you to, you need to show up consistently and, you know, post on Instagram five days a week. And we, we so learn or think because, you know, particularly when, we, when we're just getting started, it, I don't think any of us know what we're doing with the small business. And um, <laughs> True, true that. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, so I need to post five days a week. Okay. And I need to write a newsletter and I need to SEO my website. And do I need a YouTube channel or maybe a podcast too? And so you're thinking about all of that and you haven't even done the actual work of your business, right? You haven't like, coached a client or created, you know, a product or whatever. So that's another thing that I really encourage people to think about what feels good to you and where do you need to step back and how can we do that and where do you need more rest and where can we set boundaries and so it's it's a lot of it is sort of peeling back a lot of the stories and the pressures that we we learn about and we read about or the and and that we put on ourselves as well so I'm, I'm very much of the sort of no no hacks no hustles and against productivity culture kind of thing yeah and yeah it's just such a revolutionary way and such a i don't know it just feels like it's really undoing a lot of what we've been told work has to look like and it can be really scary because like you said a lot of us don't really know what we're doing in the beginning and so we feel like we have to do a million different things and i think through really you know, practicing and embodying this sustainable, slow, gentle approach, we learn that we can actually build a successful or profitable, you know, whatever that means to us, business without burning ourselves out. And because really the point was in the beginning, you know, to have that flexibility and to to not be shells of human beings and I think oftentimes it's easy to forget that. That's why we, why we went into, you know, having our own businesses. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's a really, really helpful thing to keep in mind, having that reminder of why we started in the first place and really peeling back the shoulds. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Okay, one of the things that... Okay, one of the things that we had emailed about before, I want to dive into a little bit more, talking about the cycle of mighty network and how that how that kind of fits into this slow and gentle approach. Well, I think I think it was about this idea of that I see on the one hand, there, 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 there are different things, right? Because as a, as a mentor for the Mighty Network cycle of, you know, I'm sort of supporting you and supporting people that have taken your course, which is different from, from my own business. But at the same time, I think both are about supporting people to 
listen to their bodies and discover their own patterns and cycles and figure out a way to to live with that yeah yeah i think it really ties everything together that that we've talked about you know thus far in the podcast about like your business being around supporting small business owners and being a business mentor and sharing all those free resources. And then you're also uh, part of the Cycle Love Mighty Network as a mentor. So you're also guiding folks who are learning fertility awareness or maybe brand new to fam or have kind of some questions as they've been charting for a while or just want to connect with other people. And what I've noticed in your in your role as a mentor in the group is you have a really amazing way of creating safety and creating a really like kind and warm and wise approach to questions that can be really vulnerable and really intimate and when we are working with people who are learning fertility awareness, I think you model something really important is that we have to be, we have to be those safe people that are non-judgmental and like we have to be willing to answer questions that sometimes feel scary to ask. And so that's where I really see, that's where I really see your qualities shine uh, when you're when you're in the Mighty Network group, because I know it is different than than the work that you're doing, than your business, and than your teaching, but I also see how it really all connects as well. Yeah, like what has, what has surprised you, I guess, through supporting folks in the Mighty Network group over the last year? Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for saying those, those lovely things about how how I'm 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 showing up in in the group and I think it's definitely been also a practice for me to further polish that sort of listening right um because mm-hmm. I think I, I naturally I'm a sort of like natural problem solver right and over the past couple of years I've been also through the mentoring I've also been practicing not immediately jumping in with an answer right not saying like oh but you should do this and I think that that is something that I also really enjoy about about the group and and being a mentor is just listening and what has surprised me the most it's a good question I think it has surprised me what a safe space it is that it's really people having conversations and asking questions that they wouldn't I think in many cases wouldn't even have with their friends Mm -hmm. right Um, and that's also because I think many of us also if I look at my own sort of group of friends they don't practice uh, fertility awareness right they use birth control or, or other sort of solutions in that area and so that that is really that it's such a lovely space I really I really appreciate that 
And what I also really love particularly about the group of mentors is that we all have such different backgrounds and we all really bring different skills and different experiences to the group. And that's another thing that I, that I really like. And I, I just love being part of this community of people that I didn't know two years ago. And now I just have all these people from all over the world that I can connect with and share with. And yeah, that is, it's really been like an enrichment um, of my life in that sense. Mm, I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad that it's been that experience for you. And I think you touched on something really important that I'm glad you brought up with this idea of having a community of people when you're learning fertility awareness and also when you've been using fertility awareness for a couple of years like how do you continue to connect with other people and share in the joys of confirming ovulation with people who really get it and with people who really understand because so many of us don't have those in-person communities of people who use fertility awareness i think for me i I sometimes forget that because my work is so steeped in fam. Like I'm thinking about fam and talking about fam all of the time that I sometimes forget that for most people, they're the only ones in their friend group or family that use fertility awareness. And that's why I think so many people find uh, Facebook groups or groups like the Cycle Love uh, Mighty Network group to be so supportive because you have people who really get it. And I also echo that sentiment around not only the mentors, so we have four mentors in the Cycle Love Mighty Network group, but also all of the members of the group are from all over the world, from different backgrounds, different religious perspectives, and everybody has just like mutual respect, even if we don't fully agree on everything. We do have this respect for each other and this openness to meet each other where we're at. And that's what I really appreciate about the group and what I really appreciate about you and the other mentors creating this space for the cycle loves. Until a year ago, I was just running it by myself and and that was great, but really inviting in mentors has added another layer to the group that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own because it really just brings in other perspectives that I don't have and other charting experiences that I don't have because I only have my own charting life experience that's unique to me but doesn't include everything like I've never been on hormonal birth control I've never you know tried to get pregnant I've you know, I have always had you know cycles that are unique to me and so that's also been really helpful to have other perspectives as well so I'm really glad that it's been just as nourishing for you by the sounds of it Astrid cool before we wrap up I wanted to ask you a question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast which is what does body literacy mean to you oh that's a good one I think it's um probably a twofold answer on the one hand just learning what's this this sort of key part of my body you know with with all the hormones and ovulation and, and my period learning about that and just being so amazed and fascinated by that and appreciating that and I think body literacy for me has also come to mean all this deep appreciation for my body in other ways right mm -hmm. so that 
that it's strong and that it's flexible and that it carries me. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've learned over the past couple of years. And, and, and just this connection has just been really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, a sense of awe and appreciation and just connection to something that's happened that happens regardless. We just have to choose to pay attention to. I really love that. And can you share your offerings for small business owners and how people can find you on the internet? Yeah, definitely. So I have a monthly newsletter where I uh, share just strategies and tips and, and, and like little experiments around slow and gentle and profitable business with free resources around marketing in a non-icky way, for instance, and how to grow your business from a place of energy. So that's one thing and people can sign up for that through my website, which is www.astridbrake.com. And I also have one-to-one mentoring packages and single sessions where I help people figure out the different parts of their business from indeed marketing and social media to taking more rest, working hours, setting boundaries and uh, making big and small changes. Mm, beautiful. I'll make sure to link all of that. And the sound, I love the sounds of experiments that kind of piqued my interest when you talked about experiments in your sharing about that in your newsletter. So I love that. And just thank you for taking the time to chat with me on your day two. I hope you have a restful rest of your bleed and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you, Nat. I really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really, really appreciate you. If you want to continue learning from me, you can find me on Instagram at Fertility Awareness Project. And if you haven't yet taken FAM Fundamentals, it's a free video course that I've created to get you started and get you up and running with fertility awareness as birth control. You can get your copy of FAM Fundamentals free when you go to fertilityawarenessproject.ca slash FAM fundamentals. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.